0: So the reading today is from 2 Corinthians 5:16 through 21. So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view though we once regarded Christ in this way we do so no longer. Therefore if anyone is in Christ the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation.
1: Yeah Clap for the word, I love it How's everybody doing today? Good Uh, Man, it is an honor to be here Um, I love just um, Being able to connect to other churches in the valley And then of course it's my deepest honor to be Here and be with you in Salt Lake Um, I know that uh, sometimes you don't feel some of the same things that, like, the staff and leadership feel, um, and that's something that we hope to kind of, I guess, reconcile a little bit and and figure out ways that we can understand that we are uh, a family and we are a church that is doing this together and moving forward, and so uh, so that's why I just love coming. I feel like it's a way for us to do that, and uh, so anyways, I, I really appreciate uh, being here and, and Heather asking me to come and... and Love it. Uh, I can be praying for folks down in South Jordan, um, our youth pastor, Scott, he's sharing down there, and he's super pumped and excited about getting to share the word. So uh, so <clears throat> how many of you, for me, like things happen, and throughout my day and throughout my week and then throughout my months, and what'll happen a lot of times is I feel like um, I'll run into the same thing over and over again, and... Sometimes it's a scripture. Sometimes it's a song. Sometimes it's a conversation I'm having with someone. Uh, but what, I, what, I, what I've learned to pay attention to is when those kind of things happen, then, like, God is, like, kind of trying to, like, get my attention. And I feel like that's kind of what's been going on with what I'm going to talk about today. Um, and you ever get uh, a song on your head, in your head? You just... You just you, If you're going to play it from the playlist, you're always going to play that song. I mean, do you remember when you couldn't play it from a playlist? You know what I'm talking about? I actually brought a couple of these things with me. How many of you guys even know what these are? I mean, some of you are like, I don't get it. I have no idea what that means, what that is. Um, Cassette tapes. This, (laughs) funny enough, I don't know, my wife was going through some boxes or something. This is actually the first sermon I ever preached, yeah, it's probably really bad, but <laughs> um, but but God's good, and so so He is awesome. Um, March twenty second, nineteen ninety eight. There you go. Uh, and 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 it was it was such a happening church that after somebody preached, they made tapes and sold tapes after the service. Um, anyways, yeah, using God's scrub brush, uh, and, and the reason why this even kind of came to my mind, um, you know, things are just the, the way we kind of interact with m- digital media is just so different now, right? I mean, everything's on demand. You get what you want. You get it right when you want it. Um, and, and the truth is, that's not how we necessarily access all things, even within our own kind of mind and the way we approach things. And and the, the, the song that I'm talking about, uh, and I'm actually, I have a video that I'm going to show you kind of at the end to just kind of like uh, maybe as a, like a meditation going into communion. Uh, but this song, it's a, it's a worship song, and it's called Redeemed to Redeem. And it's a good song, but there's a, a rap. There's a spoken word. Anybody like R&B, hip-hop, rap, spoken word stuff? There's a spoken word thing in there that's phenomenal, and I'm going to play it for you. And it's like literally been stuck in my life over the last several months. We were actually, we took a trip up to northern Utah, and we were driving, and the song came on, and it was like, oh my gosh, where's this song been my whole life? And I literally just like played it, I don't know, probably like five times, but I just kept rewinding this part, Uh, and it's by a guy named Propaganda, familiar with Propaganda? Yes. Uh, Do you know that song? Dude, you, you're, if you don't know that song, you're, you're going if, to, if you're really a propaganda fan, it's going to be great. You're going to love it at the end. Um, so that's kind of where we're going. That's where we're at. Um, and so in light of this conversation, like just thinking about life, thinking about just kind of how things go, um, I, know, I don't know about you, but for me, how many of you, uh, for me, this is true of me, how many of you would agree with me? That, man, sometimes just, like, hitting rewind would be a good idea. Man, just can I go back to that moment when I just totally, royally screwed everything up and and just redo, right? Do a redo. And how many of you know that's not possible, right? Like, it just doesn't work that way. And, And what's funny is I think as people, and especially, like, the people of God, what happens a lot of times is we get stuck, on what could have been and we get stuck on the mistakes and then the enemy of our soul is really good at reminding us of those places and those times and those moments. And, and so what I want to talk about a little bit is, and I love we sang this song, New Wine, because what, what I want to talk about is a God is just always doing new things and that he's not quite as interested in rewinding all of the ways in which you've messed up, and then going all the way back there, because we serve a God who, uh, in the book of Isaiah, over and over again, he's like, man, I'm, I'm doing something new. Would you guys quit doing this? And Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, uh, this is God's word to his people, and in verse 18, he says, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. How many of you, th- I could end right there, and you'd be like, amen, I needed that, Right? And, and, and the thing is, this is a theme in the book of Isaiah. He's constantly trying to get them to understand, you guys are so worried about what has already happened. You screwed up, you're right. You're in captivity, it sucks, but quit going back to all of this other ways in which you wish you would have done things differently. And he just implores them over and over again in this, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. And then he, he doesn't just say, quit being foolish he, he there's a reason and the reason he says it's because I'm doing a new thing like I'm doing this thing and you guys are missing it because you're just you keep looking in the past and you keep looking at this thing that you did and he says I am doing a new thing and and now it springs up and do you not perceive it I am making a way in the wilderness and the streams and the wasteland and he's like saying listen I'm doing something, but you can't even see it because you're so focused on the former things. And so, God's word continually to us is this awesome thing that He's doing about renewal. And uh, our, our main verse is 2 Corinthians 5. And in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, I'm going to read a portion of it again. Uh, it prior to this, and if you go all the way back to the beginning of chapter five he's he 's having this conversation with people who just really are having a hard time moving on really and and he wants them to understand that there's there's all, and, and and they're because they're struggling with moving on they 're also struggling with currently how things are and listen for for you and i it's not quite as we don 't face quite the same persecution we don't same we don't often face the same uh, differentiation between us and everybody else in the world but in in this particular context especially in the church of Corinth they're in the like the epicenter of culture and they're just like they're completely different than the culture and they're struggling with that anybody relate to that i mean Like, what I love about the Bible is, like, if you think this is, like, an outdated work, you're crazy, man, because you want to know why? People are people. And people have been the same. And we have the same struggles and the same issues. And so, man, these are people who are excited about this thing God's doing and yet still struggling. And he's trying to get them to wake up and understand why. Listen, it's not just that you should forget the former things. There's a bigger and a greater why. And and so we're gonna talk about that. But here's what he says in verse um, 17. He says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Do you hear the same language in the Isaiah passage? It's like, listen, if you're in Christ, then you're a new creation, Why do you keep getting drugged into the thought process that that you are not new and that the old you is something even worth paying attention to? If you're in Christ, that's dead. It's gone. It's passed away. It's something new. I'm doing a new thing in you, and you can't see it. And so he wants them to understand that this, the God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's interested in doing new things. And then he says, Behold, the new has come. And then he says this, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So I want to talk a little bit about reconciliation and and how we get there. So the general idea of reconciliation, or the the definition, is to restore formerly friendly relationships to restore formally friendly relationships, to take something that was whole and then it was broken and to come back again and, and to reconcile it, to bring it back. And, and in a in relational standpoint, from a biblical conversation, relational standpoint, we are reconciled, we are brought back into relationship with Christ. Now, in general, this is something we understand. In general, this is something that we understand, but my, 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 I think what happens is we often forget the newness and the thing that God is doing, and we continue to work on the old, and God is like, I'm doing something new. I have recon- I've already done it, right? I've already reconciled it. Now, how he reconciles us is through redemption. And so to redeem the kind of classic definition would be to buy back. But uh, if you take the Old Testament term of redemption or redeem, it's actually to avenge or claim as one's own. It's actually kind of even thought in kind of a, the family language that when someone would like lose a spouse, then they would come alongside, and as they would come alongside them, they would redeem them or bring them back into relationship with the family. And so there's a, there's a price to be paid, but because they're your family, you do whatever it takes to pay that price. You would think there's, there's no way on the earth you would not pay the price. And then that same definition is given and attributed to what Jesus did on the cross, that he redeemed us, and he puts us back into right relationship. He pays the price that allows right relationship with God. So, reconciliation and redemption, do you see how they go hand in hand? And reconciliation and, relation, and, and redemption are in relationship. We f- first must be redeemed. We first must have to have the price paid so that we can be put back into right relationship. So, a th- couple thoughts there's bad news. There's no good news without bad news. How many of you, every time somebody asks you that, you want good news or bad news first, what do you say? You want the good news first. I like the bad news first because I like to end on a high note, you know what I'm saying? I'm the kind of guy that likes to eat all my food and then dessert at the end. And then once I eat my dessert, I'm done because I got the sweet stuff, okay? So I want to know the bad news and then I get the good news. And the bad news is this. We, as people, we, as people, we're separated from God, our creator, our loving creator. We are sinners, and because of that, we're separated, and we're in need of a savior. And, and we have to start there to understand the good news, which is Jesus paid the price and brings us back into right relationship with Jesus, with our Father. And because of that, because of that, it's good news. Now, often as we start with the good news kind of ends there, he came, he lived, he died for us. But there's a bigger picture with the good news. And the bigger picture of the good news is that he conquered death, hell, and the grave and sin. And he empowers us. And he lives in and through and wants to live in and through us. And empower us in ways you and I couldn't do it on our own. The good news is not just that you're redeemed or reconciled. The good news is that he chooses and and he says this is the the best way to do something new in you is that I live in you, and as I live in you, I do this new thing, and then you and I, we work it out together. That's a part of the good news, and if, if the bad news and the good news don't include that, man, we're missing something, and I think this is something that the church struggles with. I think... As Christians, often we struggle with that last part, which is what today, for me, is all about. A couple of scriptures about this kind of redemption conversation. Uh, Galatians 4 says it this way, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. I mean, listen, if you and I could just... Get a hold of the fact that the God of the universe, because of your relationship with Jesus, considers you a son and a daughter, if we could just grab onto that, man, the church would be unstoppable. And we talk about planting churches, and we talk about needing to make an impact in Utah. Man, if the people sitting in these churches right here could figure it out, what could happen? 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is God's. And so if we believe that we are redeemed and then we are reconciled, and if we believe that to be true, then what? And, and the rest of our passage in 2 Corinthians uh, talks about this. We'll read 17 again. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Can anybody say amen to that? All of this is from God. We didn't do it on our own. It's all because of him. Who, through Christ, reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So he brings us into relationship. And when he brings us into relationship, he just goes, man, I'm so glad you're here. Is that what he does? Is he bring us into relationship? Man, I'm just so excited that you said the prayer. Is that what he says? No. It says he brings us into relationship and then gives us something. He gives us the ministry of reconciliation. And it's even bigger than that. Says he gives us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. And then he takes it up another notch. He says, Therefore, we are what? Ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us, and we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. This word ambassadors, Uh, if someone is an ambassador for the United States in a foreign country, they're not just like a diplomat. They're not just somebody who like, oh, we recognize that you're a really important person. The ambassador actually has the power and the authority to speak on behalf of the president of the United States. And in most recent times, we probably need that, but... (laughs) but the ambassador literally when he says this is what we're going to do, he has the power and authority of basically saying that the leader of the United States is saying this as well. It's it's as if he is speaking for the president wherever he is. And so in in first century, we have the same conversation with if you were an ambassador for Caesar, when you were an ambassador for the, the, the person who ran half of the world, And you were his ambassador when whatever you said went. And the crazy thing is back then you didn't have like, give me a text, tell me what you need. Bro, what do you want me to do here? Uh, Hey, we got this thing going on, this problem, what should I do? If you needed that kind of information, you had to go and get it, you know what I'm saying? And so often what an ambassador would do is they would have to already know what Caesar or know what the leader wanted and who they were and how they operated and how they thought so that when it came time to make a decision, they can make the decision right then and there. And Paul uses the same imagery for you and me and says, we are Christ's ambassadors. We speak on his behalf We know what Christ wants. We understand the way he thinks. We understand how he sees the world. And because of that, we can speak on his behalf and do it right here, right now. Some of us are so kind of stuck in the old, we have a hard time believing that. So Jesus says a couple things that seem really hard and seem really harsh. Well, he says a lot of things that seem really hard and harsh. But in this particular case, this is one that uh, uh, has always been a challenge for me. And in light of this, hopefully this will make some sense. Luke 9, 62. And this is after, more or less, Jesus is telling a story. And the guy's like, hey, man, I got to go. My dad died. I got to go bury him. And everybody's coming to all these excuses about why they can't follow Jesus to the next thing. And then Jesus turns to them, he basically says, anyone who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for service in the kingdom of God. (laughs) But but what did he mean by this? What did he mean when they're like coming up with excuses, like, look, man, you put your hand to the plow, you look back, you're not fit for service in the kingdom. And besides it being just a really challenging statement, think about this. If you and I... And and any one of us that put our hands to the plow, if we're so stuck on the past, if we are so stuck on the past, how in the world are you and I going to ever be able to point somebody to the future? If you and I are so stuck in what happened to us, what we did, what they did, what somebody else did to me, if we're so stuck on that, how are you and I ever going to be able to show anybody the beautiful, glorious, new thing that Jesus wants to do in their life? And so when he says, if you put your hand in the plow and, you, and you're, you keep looking back, you're not fit for the service in the kingdom, you're not fit to be my ambassador. You're not fit to, to carry the ministry of reconciliation. It has nothing to do with your ability. It has nothing, it literally has to do with the fact that you keep looking back, period. And all you got to do is look forward. And when you look forward, guess what? You're fit. And this is in the very nature of even the, th- the very things that Jesus says. When Jesus says to people to repent, you know, in, in, in kind of 20th century, 20, 20th century American church and maybe 21st century still, that word often gets related to feel bad for doing bad things. But the Greek and the Hebrew understanding of repentance while it certainly has to do with I don't like that about me or I don't like that I'm doing this thing, that, has, that is literally one-tenth of the word. The word means to turn. The Greek word means to turn 180 degrees. The Hebrew word isn't just a turn, it's to turn. It's to turn and to return to the way you were created. So a Hebrew understanding of repentance is literally to return to the way you were created. Return to your creator. Return to the way God sees you. A much different picture when we think about if I'm going to literally repent and return to the way God has created me, what does it look like then for me to carry the ministry of reconciliation? We have been redeemed and now reconciled for a purpose. In other words, it's not just so that we can say we know Jesus. It's not just that we can say, I know Jesus, he loves me, kumbaya, it's all good. We've we've been redeemed for a purpose, but you and I need to understand, and this is the, the The line in this song and in this spoken word that propaganda puts forth is he says, there is no rewind, there's only redeem. In God's economy and the way God works, there is no rewind, there's only redeem. There is no rewind, he's only doing new stuff. There is no rewind, there is no... You guys realize that there used to be a streaming service when I was a kid you don't know that. Was there anybody else here? I see a few of you or it's crazy that I'm looking around and a bunch of people are so much younger than me. I consider myself a pretty young dude. <laughs> My kids don't think so, but But does anybody remember like listening to the radio and having your tape in and hitting record? Right? And then you make like a mixtape out of it, like, what's up? Right? And then when you got done with that, what did you end up doing? You just hit rewind, put it back in, and record over it. Right? It's the first streaming service, it was beautiful. But, but that's not how God's economy works. He doesn't take the stick, stick the tape back in and rewind and then let's just record over your life. Your life is a mess and we just need to record over it. That's not what he does. There, there are things about me and, that I am not proud of. And yet there are things about me that I'm not proud of that God's not like, man, I'm so glad you did that. And at the same time, he has used to shape me and to change me into the person I could never be without it. And so God's not interested in me like, hey, look, we just need to just rewind this tape and start over, Tony, because you've royally screwed this up. What he wants to do is he wants to pick up right where I am and right where you are and right where we are and right where we bring ourselves to him. And he says, no, let's let's do something new. There is no rewind, there's only redeem. The Apostle Paul says it this way, he says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. And and earlier in this passage, he's talking about, he kind of gives his resume about like, if there's anybody that God would use, it would be me. And then he goes on to talk about how he's royally screwed that up. And then he says, and he's trying to get there. And he says, listen, I haven't actually gotten there yet. He goes, but one thing I do. He goes, I haven't quite reached what I feel like God has for me. He goes, but here's what I have mastered, the one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me and straining towards what is ahead. He's like, I haven't actually gotten to where God wants me yet, and I keep messing up. He goes, but what I do know and what I'm not doing is I'm not looking at anything behind me. I have forgotten it all, and I'm straining looking ahead and reaching to the thing that God has for me because that's what I want. I don't want that no more. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul knew instinctively, he knew through his relationship with Jesus, he knew that thinking about the stuff behind him would get him nowhere. And the only place that was gonna get him somewhere is if he strained towards the new thing this new thing that God wanted to do. And he was desperately trying to figure it out. And yet, at the same time, he still hadn't figured out how to be perfect. If you figure that out, let me know, all right? Maybe you guys figure this whole perfect life out. So what is the ministry of reconciliation? You and I are literally redeemed to partner with Jesus in the redemption of others. Jesus says, listen, I am redeeming and reconciling all things. I'm redeeming and reconciling, and I have a whole lot of work to do. And he's like, and now that you're here, now that you're a part of the kingdom, awesome. But it's time to go do some work. And I'm giving you the ministry of reconciliation. And see, what happens a lot of times in our churches is we we function and we structure in a way that there's a few people from the front that have the ministry of reconciliation, (laughs) But the truth is, you and you and you and everybody else, you guys will all connect to people that a bunch of other people in the room won't. And whether that's in your neighborhoods, whether that's at your workplace, whether that's in your family, but you guys will connect to people that other people won't. And you may may be the only thing they see that's different from what they've ever known. And that's why it's so important for the body the body of Christ, all of the believers to understand that they have a ministry of reconciliation. And then Paul also says it this way after he's talking about, uh, you know, being ambassadors. He says this. He says, listen, there are people that need to know and hear about this good news we're talking about. And he goes, how else are they gonna know without a preacher? Now, how many of you in here think you're a preacher? Uh, yeah, see, I don't even really consider myself one either. <laughs> but I am, and you are. We are to be people who proclaim the good news, and that's all a preacher is. And sometimes that proclamation is gonna be verbal, and it's gonna have things that, that you say, and sometimes it's gonna be something that you do and relational, and eventually you'll say something. But man, look at your neighbor right now, Pick one and say, you're a preacher. Now turn to the other one that you, judged, you, you denied and say the same thing. You're a preacher. Paul says, how will they know unless somebody preaches the good news to them? And listen, he was not saying, hey, man, I've got a whole lot of people to preach to. I got a lot of work to do, and I got to go and preach to all these people. He was saying it to a bunch of people as he was trying to get them to understand, quit worrying about what's behind you. You need to move towards ahead. You guys, he's given us the ministry of reconciliation, and he needs you to preach. He needs you to be telling people about the good news of Jesus. And at the same time, the only way you and I actually tell people about the good news of Jesus is if you and I can get connected to the fact that there is no rewind, there's only redeem. The stuff that you got going on, the stuff that's been a part of your life, the stuff that you did yesterday has to be in the past. And you have to continue to move forward and you have to continue to beg God to do something new. And here's what I already know, he's already doing it. He's already doing something new and it's a matter of you like stepping into it. Psalm 107 says this, It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now, when I first became a Christian, the church I went to sang a song called, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And I had no idea what that meant. I was like, so? What do you mean? I was literally, I I had never read the Bible in my life. I was a 24-year-old dude. And literally, like, I went to the table of contents and was like, what book are we in today? Because I had no idea anything. And we sang this song, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. But as we look at what he's talking about, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What does it look like for you and me as the redeemed of God to say and to tell everyone the Lord is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. And and notice he doesn't say, let the few people who've been called into full-time ministry. Let the few people who have all of the biblical knowledge that can make you run theological gymnastics, And does he say that? Or does he say, let the redeemed? If you've trusted Jesus, If he is your Lord, then you've been reconciled, redeemed, and reconciled. And so it's up to you and me as the redeemed to say so and to proclaim it and to to accept the ministry of reconciliation. He redeems and makes all things new. In Revelation 21, he says, Behold, I am making all things new. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17, just before the verse we just read, he says, therefore, do not lose heart. Sensing a theme here. He tells the Corinthian church, don't lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away. Does anybody else really believe that? Yeah, I know I'm getting older. Outwardly, I'm wasting away. And and it's not just physically. There are things that, that just don't feel like they're kind of lighting up with the way God wants me sometimes. And he goes, listen, man, even though that's happening, even though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. The, the work that God wants to do in you and the new thing he wants to do in you is something that will happen literally day by day by day by day. So so we're gonna take communion And again, as kind of a a meditation into communion, um, I want to play this, and I want you to hear it. Um, But here's the thing. You know, communion is about, uh, we remember, we remember what Christ did. And communion is also about Jesus inviting his friends to a table, to a meal, and saying, listen, come and eat. But his, the whole purpose was to come and eat so that you can remember, and so that you can see, and that you can talk about, and you can encourage one another with the fact that he already did everything that he needed to do, and it's a matter of you understanding that he's doing something new in you right here, right now. And that Literally, as you, as you eat, repentance and forgiveness flows in a way that you don't have to worry about it anymore. When you come to the table, you come to the table and you eat and it's like, yeah, just I need forgiveness to wash over me. Does anybody need forgiveness just to wash over them today? So much so that you can just not even look back and not worry and not care. And literally, it's dead. Somebody say it's dead. It's dead. How many of you guys have been hanging out with dead things lately? It's dead. And he wants to do something new and alive in you. And so when you come, man, that's what I want you to come with is this, man, I just need to, just your forgiveness to wash over me. I need whatever's dead just to be gone And I need to be able to step into this new thing you're doing. And here's what I know, man. Whether you're trying to figure out the whole Jesus thing, whether you've been a Christian for a month, or you've been a Christian as long as you can remember, what I know is that he is and wants to do new things. I've been, I don't have like a date, but that's like, hey, that's 22 years ago. And I was a pretty new Christian 22 years ago. I've been following Jesus 22 years. And God is continually doing new things. So I want to pray. I want to pray for communion. And then uh, we can go ahead and, and show this. And, and listen, it's a worship song. So, and the words are up there. So I'd love for you guys just to worship with it and really let it kind of wash over you uh, in what it's doing. Lord, we thank you. Uh, for your word. We thank you, God, that you are a God doing new things and powerful things in and amongst us. We thank you, God, that as we come to the table and as we take the bread, which represents your body, that's broken for us, that paid the price for redemption, when, when we take of that bread, God, we understand that its forgiveness flows over us and it washes over us and the, 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 the washing over us is something that cleanses us, and we step into your righteousness. And we do that as we take of the cup that represents your blood, the blood that pays the price, that redeems us and then reconciles us back to you in a way that only you saw fit and only you could do. And God, it, as we take of the bread and we take of the juice, God, it. It empowers us to be able to step into the new things you're doing. Help us to know it, sense it, and to feel it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Oh, 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 oh we're seemed to redeem. Oh, 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 oh we're redeem to redeem. Uh, see, there's no rewind. Only Redeem. Brother, he's shown me the promised land. It's beautiful scenery. You've been made alive. But if you like me, you think God's probably only tolerating you. And ain't you tired of running? Like that one more failure and the Father pushes the eject button. But there's no rewind. It's only Redeem. Grab your buckets and draw from this stream. The mountain-sized pile of the putrid mess. You done made things you can't change. Only Redeem. They say our nation's on its way to hell as if it was ever in heaven in the first place. But you can redeem solely because you've been. I reminded my soul this ain't your home no more. From a land where the sun don't fail us, or burn us, nail us to this realness. Redeem. Due to the great omnipotent timekeeper, I'm immune to dying of thirst. My soul was never made to crave the dust of this earth. There's no rewind. Dave. Huh. To you, our lives, we surrender now. Our heart-